Hello, and welcome to today's episode of 52 Weeks of Health Equity with Conscious by Us. I am your host, Tahisha, and over the course of 52 weeks, we're going to be spending some time talking with a variety of guests and thought leaders on the topic of health, health equity, and wellness. Today, I have with me Chelsea Dade, a health communication and advocacy professional based in the greater Washington, D.C. area. So, Chelsea, I know you can introduce yourself so much better than I can, so I'm going to turn it over to you uh, so you can tell us who you are. Thank you, Tahisha. Um, Yes, um, I'm so excited to be speaking with you today, um, Chelsea Dade. And um, yes, I am a health communications and advocacy professional. Um, I'm the creator and executive director of Communicate for Health Justice, which is a Black woman-owned, millennial-driven communications platform that's mixing equity and social justice concepts into um, a very little-known field called health communication, um, which basically is just um, the uh, process and study and art of creating messaging for different audiences on different platforms, and how do we make that equitable? Awesome, awesome. So I'm just going to, I am going to be like the general public. I'm going to be my mom in the room, right? So She would say, don't we already have health communication? Like, I get communication from my doctor all the time. Why is this important? Like, why why is this idea worth sharing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, and I do agree with your your mom in that case. Um, We've always had, you know, health communication. Um, The field itself is, is, you know, relatively new, um, I would say, within like 25 years and it's and it's a subfield of public health and healthcare. Um, and so, you know, over time, schools of thought have created um, degree programs to specialize specifically in this space um, because I think what they found is that there isn't always a lot of attention on, you know, the communication aspects of, of healthcare. So while we might do it, we don't necessarily study it enough um, and how to make it better. Um, and so for me, when I was in school for this in 2017, I found it so creative and I am, you know, a, a, an artist by trade. I, I, you know, study the performing arts my whole life and I found this field so interesting and, you know, creative. Um, and that's why I wanted to be involved in it. And, you know, I happen to be a millennial. So I said, okay, well, let me just, you know, try to um, bring a millennial spin on it. And, and that's kind of how it came to be. And, you know, I, I think it is so important that we really start talking about the communication piece more because my background is nursing. And I remember they would say, make sure you educate your patients, make sure that you communicate well with them. And we would have these handouts. And um, the only thing I really, not the only thing, but one of the things I remember is they would always say, like, make sure it's at a fifth grade reading level and, you know, big print. But that was sort of it. 
it wasn't really a deep dive into was the material great for our patient population, the images, did it even have images? Um, a lot of times we made it ourselves with like cutting strips of things and we're going, you know, back in the day. Um, so I love that you said, you know, it's the communication piece and the creativity, because when we think about health, we don't often think that there can be creative aspects to it. So, and it sounds like mm -hmm. that's what drew you to the work when you started learning about it, that creative nature to it. So just to kind of explore that idea a little bit more, can you just go into maybe giving us some examples of what are some creative things you've seen in communication that have made a difference in, or mm -hmm. that you, that just pop out to you as like, hey, these are great creative or methods for communicating when it comes to health. Yeah. Um, so the first thing that pops into my mind is definitely social media. Um, when, when I started the platform, um, you know, different healthcare orgs or public health orgs, or even like public health departments, they were slowly getting on Instagram or Twitter. You know, there was a time when, being on social media and being in, in healthcare, I feel like was like looked perhaps down upon. And there's, you know, always that risk, perhaps um, people feel like, oh, I'm under the microscope for it, which, you know, that's fair. Um, but, you know, social media is such an impactful way of reaching people. And so, you know, I would say that um, more a more recent example, um, within, I think, the past year was when um, Eli Lilly, um, there was a, um, when when Twitter kind of was going haywire a bit, um, and people were able to kind of, <clears throat> excuse me. People were able to, like, replicate um, different, um, Twitter profile, someone replicated Eli Lilly's profile and said that insulin would be totally free. And so then um, Eli Lilly, kind of the actual Eli Lilly, um, had to um, go on Twitter and, you know, say, OK, this is not our actual account, but it forced them to make significant changes in, you know, their insulin costs that they were distributing. Um, and so that was through the power of social media, you know, people power calling for change on Twitter and on other platforms to improve, um, you know, access to something that is life-saving, which is insulin. So um, there's real um, examples that we see um, every day. I would, I would also say um, I was actually a part of, um, you know, a communications campaign outside of Communicate for Health Justice. But um, when the pandemic uh, was kind of raging on, you saw a lot of organizations turn to social media to get the word out about um, the COVID vaccine. Now, this is not a you know COVID vaccine-centered podcast, um, but I'm just gonna say that um, in terms of other sorts of protections and educating people about um, how they can stay safe with with you know this this virus that none of us really knew anything about. Um, people really turn to social media and the doctors and the um, healthcare providers. Um, you know the nurses, the promotoras, they became you know the the, the voices for um, 
for, for you know, educating people about um, how they can protect themselves during this pandemic. And so to me, I see that as a shift when there was a time when, you know, healthcare didn't feel like I'm trying to be on social media to this pandemic where it was like, no, people had to be on here to make sure they're educating folks. Um, and the health communication piece, because I do want to distinguish that educating people about their health is separate from the health communication piece. But the health comm piece is really who is the messenger. And so that's what we saw. We saw more diverse messengers throughout the pandemic becoming to, um, you know, you know, taking ownership of being leaders in their space. Um, and that makes a difference for how people want to even access our healthcare system, um, which can be incredibly, of course, stigmatizing for people of color and our other marginalized communities. So um, I would say the pandemic and then, you know, that, that Eli Lilly example, just to that um, show the, the power really of social media. And that's a huge base for Communicate for Health Justice. Yeah. And, you know, I wasn't even, I, I love how you went to social media. I'm on social media, but it's still awkward to me. I'm a Gen Xer. Um, so like tech media, that stuff is familiar, but you know, it's still not my first go-to, right? Not as bad as my dad who will grab the newspaper, but social media really is instant, right? So you can put something out there and instantaneously you're communicating something out into the environment. And I actually, you made me think about something Years ago, I had thought, why aren't more companies using social media the way that my teens were using social media to communicate, to spread ideas, to, it was sort of like a weed, right? Like you could mm -hmm. socialize this idea. And I thought, why aren't the companies that I'm working at doing these type of things? And now you're seeing more of that. And I loved that you talked about how healthcare, this could be the way to reach people. We have approached a lot of healthcare as the realm of um, those who are older, that eight people aging are the ones who are going to need healthcare or people with chronic illnesses. But we understand a little better now that prevention is the key to really living a healthy life. So how do you get people who are not in the doctor's office for some type of medical issue to prevent, which is a, what a vaccine really is, right? So this is how we probably need to reach people in different ways so that they can have the same type of equitable practice. So um, I talked a little bit about how it impacts health. You gave some examples. So where do you think we really need to work on reducing barriers and um, improving our ability to communicate with those who, like I said, not necessarily sitting in the health area, but who need to get this information? What are some barriers that you see out there? Yeah. Um, firstly, the lack of um, trust. I think the lack of trust with uh, between, you know, I, I will probably firstly say, um, you know, people of color. And then I'll also say, um, you know, black folks um, in our healthcare system, the, the lack of trust is very warranted, you know, um, and it's, and it goes beyond, of course, as you know, the Tuskegee, um, well, really the, uh, what's the correct wording? 
the what's well, really technically the the CDC uh, U.S. or U.S. prevention something study at Tuskegee. So um, even the framing there, um, we frame it as the Tuskegee study, um, but it was not necessarily led by Tuskegee. It was just at Tuskegee and it was led by the federal government. Um, and it went all the way up to the 80s. I don't think everyone understands that, like, you know. So um, so the history's pretty recent. Um, you know, I think you know, uh, addressing the trust issue is really key. Um, I don't think enough parties involved in the healthcare space, whether that is, you know, the system itself or the people who make up the system or the patients. Um, I don't know if enough attention is placed on rebuilding the trust. Um, and it goes beyond, and I say this as someone in communications and media, it goes beyond just putting faces out there that look like, you know, you know, you and me. Um, it's it's not about always like having, you know, like a, um, an image, you know, of, of, um, of someone who looks like you. Um, that's important. Um, but what are the words that, you know, go along with that image. Um, and that's what I try to address. Like we at Communicate for Health Justice, we've talked about um, this concept of digital blackface, which, you know, which essentially is um, putting out images of, you know, black people across your own advertising, but it might not be a, you know, direct reflection of who makes up your own team. It might not be a reflection of your, the leadership on your team um, or even the partners that you work with. So it's kind of like a presentation um, that might not be accurate. And we see it across all different, you know, fields. Um, but specifically, I think in, in, in like this like health space, um, it's hard to, for some people to kind of look within um, because I think people go in, of course, with like good intentions. I think no one's trying to go in here. Well, I don't want to speak for everybody, but like I, th I don't think most people go into this space trying to hurt anybody. But we still need to understand that we all have our internal biases and we need to work through them before trying to help or heal others, whether that is through direct service, direct clinical care or be, by creating communications around it. Like you, I, I believe as someone in communications, you can still hurt someone if you don't do it properly. Um, maybe you're not directly with that person, but um, sometimes those images, if, if um, you know, stereotypical or harmful can kind of stick with you. Um, this is not a health example, but I remember H&M has had a lot of mistakes when it comes to their advertising. Um, there was one moment where they had like a child in something that something around like a monkey suit and there was something stereotypical about it. And that's just one example. They've had several. Um, but that sticks with me. Um, and that was years ago. That was like maybe 2011 or something. So, I, you know, um, yeah, I, I think that we just need to look inward more. Um, we need to do a lot more community sensing sessions before we kind of jump into working in communities. Um, and there are a lot of great leaders who are leading these efforts. A lot of them, to be totally honest, are Black women. Um, and we just need to also make sure we're listening to 
you know, listening to Black women, we're listening to, you know, people who have expertise um, in in community building and em- empathy, you know, and because of our unique experience, you know, I guess speaking for myself in this moment, um, you know, as a Black woman, um, Black lady, um, you know, we, we lie at the intersections of you know, gender and race, and it really changes, you know, your viewpoint. And I think it does make you very empathetic. Um, So that's why a lot of Black women make great leaders. And I think it's the same thing um, when it comes to, you know, healthcare and and public health. Um, A lot of the leaders that I have, you know, learned from and respect um, happen to be Black women. Um, And I think it's just part of the way that you know, we bring our lived experience to the work. So I think it starts with the trust and rebuilding that trust. Um, It's hard to move to other areas without getting to that first. Yeah. And trust is so important, especially with health issues, right? In healthcare. Um, I remember being a nurse educator and, and talking with my students and saying, if your patients don't trust you, you're not going to be able to have great outcomes with them because you're not really listening to what you're saying or what you're trying to share. And so, you know, it is really important that we start looking at trust and how to rebuild the the general public's trust. And and that's kind of why I sort of started this podcast, just to get people talking about it, because I started hearing a lot of similar phrases, right? Like, so I have um, a couple of friends and one friend in particular would say, the reason why I'm passionate about this is because I have skin in the game. Mm-hmm. And she's a black woman. She's a leader. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, like she's putting it out there. Like, she cares about this because it's, you know, it matters to her because of her experiences. And I think so many of us, black, white, um, Hispanic, wherever you come from, what motivates us is what matters to us. And how can we rebuild trust if we don't also kind of lean into gaining experiences from the communities like what do they want instead of staying in paternalism which is where mm-hmm. healthcare has been a long time we need to start bringing communities to the table and having them talk about well here's what's important to us um and i and and that's a communication thing right mm-hmm. so and we all know we're, we're human beings aren't always the great greatest communicators yeah. so tell me a little bit about your organization and how listeners can help or what they can do or how they can get involved or how they can reach out to you yeah um so i i do like to start that uh communicate for all justice was really created um to fill a gap but also I really had no idea like how it would grow into something. And um, it's now, you know, a consultancy slash business that I operate on a part-time basis. Um, But it was created initially as a a blog for kind of my own thoughts. And because I felt like no one was really getting to the equity and social justice elements of this niche space, space of health communication. So 
I say that because um, a lot of times there's so much fear with people starting something new and feeling like no one's going to care, no one's going to listen. And I certainly felt that way. And a lot of people ended up listening way more than I thought. Um, and I hope that encourages people to kind of be creative. And, you know, everyone has that creative element to them. You just have to kind of sit with it a little bit and, and as I say, massage it. And um, you can kind of, you'd be amazed to see what you can do from it. Um, so, so yeah, Communicate for All Justice, um, as I mentioned, it's, it's a communications platform. It's also a space to build power, um, build power amongst communicators and um, people who care about communication. Um, and it's also open to people who are in health, but also who might have different backgrounds. You know, um, a lot of people in education, um, there's a lot of overlap between education and health. Um, and people in like law and social justice and criminal justice, you know, um, I think sometimes your end goal can be really similar to people in other fields, specifically when you're talking about um, specific health issues. I think one of them that comes to mind is the uh, Black maternal health crisis. This issue that is showing us that 80, up to 80% of um, maternal um, deaths from Black women are preventable. Um, sometimes they're just not being listened to by their healthcare providers, um, and that can lead to morbidities, them being, you know, sick, um, but you know, ultimately surviving, um, or mortalities, meaning that they actually pass away um, from childbirth um, or the process before or after. So the implications after. So, um, but that field or pardon me, that um, this issue has really brought a lot of folks to the table, people in health, but also people, again, in in, in criminal justice and people um, all across different fields and industries, because we all care about, you know, Black women making sure that we are respected um, throughout this childbirthing process. So um, I, I also wanted my platform to be somewhere a space that everybody felt included, regardless of your your background, your educational background, or your just general background. Like you know, um, communicate for all justice supporters are very diverse. Um, you know, um, and I love that because I'm very you know staunch about like who I am as as a black lady in this space, and people across all different backgrounds respect that, and I appreciate that so very much. So. Um, yeah, people can um, always get involved. Um, the, the blog itself as part of Communicate for Health Justice is always open to entries. Um, you know, the only ask is that we work together, you and me, to really identify the communication barrier or gap within the topic that you'd like to discuss. So for example, um, you know, if you want to talk about, um, you know, breast cancer awareness, you know, thinking critically about, okay, what's not being said about this issue? Um, and maybe what is being said, but maybe it's a misconception, maybe it's a miscommunication. So we'll work together on that, but I definitely invite people to join um, and, and contribute um, on the blog. We often have events as well on Instagram, normally Instagram Live. Um, and this year in 2023, I'm trying to do more um, research reports that 
look at what we have done in the past and, and you know, going forward. Um, so there's lots of ways to get involved and I really do welcome people to participate. And yeah, the best way to reach me is probably just through Instagram instead of DM. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Chelsea, for being here today. We will have, uh, so listeners will have on our page some links on how to get to the Instagram uh, Chelsea is referring to. If you want to participate, if you just want to learn more, Chelsea didn't say this, but I, when I was poking around on your information out there, I saw some awards out there from some places, Health Equity Institute, is that where it's from? So, you know, collaborate. We are about community building. We want people to, you know, really embrace the idea of access and equity when it comes to health. So thank you so much for being here. And, you you know, I, I appreciate you so much. And listeners, please check out the Instagram. Thank you.